Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fluff Stuff. Today, we are going to be discussing the life and career of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, late Supreme Court Justice of the United States of America. We are taking time this Women's History Month to learn more about the amazing women that have shaped our country. We hope you enjoy the episode and tune in every Sunday for new content. Okay. So, as you may know, this is March 2021, and March is Women's History Month. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the person we're talking about today is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and her birthday is actually two days from when we are recording this episode, March 15th. Wow, yay! Fun fact! (laughs) So, yes, today we're talking about the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She was a Supreme Court justice. She passed away in 2020. Very sad. We really needed her the most uh, when she left us. But we're going to talk about her career and her life today. Okay. So let's get into it. Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. (laughs) (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg was born in Brooklyn, New York, March 15th, 1933. Wow. That feels like so long ago. I know. It was before World War II. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Weird. Um, So she was a Pisces. Oh, okay. Interesting. Fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She was from a low-income family in Brooklyn. Her parents were in the working class. Yeah, she's just from a normal working class family in Brooklyn. She's Jewish, by the way. Um, She married her husband, Martin Ginsburg, in 1954. So Bader is actually her maiden name. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, me either. I thought it was her middle name. (laughs) Her name is Joan Ruth Bader. Okay. So Ruth is actually her middle name. I didn't know anything about her at all, apparently. Um, So Ruth is her middle name. Bader is her maiden name. And Ginsburg is her married name. Okay. And her first name is actually Joan. Oh. (laughs) Who is she? I don't know. I feel like she's (laughs) an enigma. Um, So uh, Ruth and Martin have two kids, Jane and James, which I feel like is a dumb thing to name your kids because they sound way too similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, she uh, she did go to school, obviously. She got her bachelor's degree from Cornell. Oh, wow. Just like Andy from The Office. <laughs> they were actually um, at Cornell at the same time. Not a lot of people know that. Wait, what? That's a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Andy is a fictional character. <laughs> um, so she actually graduated from Cornell first in her class for her bachelor's degree. Um, She then went to Harvard. Wow. She was a mom. She had had her first child at that point, and she was also supporting her husband through testicular cancer. Wow. While she was attending Harvard Law School, and her husband was also attending law school, so she was helping him. She typed – I read somewhere that she typed up his papers as he dictated them to her. Oh, wow. um, Because he was just very ill and couldn't do it himself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, at that time, she was one of, like, very few women in law school or even, you know, higher education in general. Mm-hmm. Um, while she was at Harvard, she actually made the Harvard Law Review, which is, like, a law journal. It's, like, very prestigious. Mm-hmm. So she didn't actually get a degree from Harvard. She eventually transferred to Columbia. 
Okay. And so she received her Bachelor's of Laws degree from Columbia and was also first in her class. Smart lady. She's just amazing. (laughs) So um, she had quite a few jobs before she ended up on the Supreme Court, of course. She was a law clerk for the District Court Judge of New York for a few years. She did some research at Columbia Law School. She liked to study international procedure. So she started out as a research associate and then an associate director at Columbia for international procedure. Um, She was a law professor at Rutgers. She was also a law professor at Columbia after that for a few years. And this is kind of when um, around 1980, the 70s and 80s when she was professors at different colleges she started um working on her i guess you could call it like community service um in the field of law oh so she did a lot with that um she co-founded the women's rights project as part of the american civil liberties union which is better known as the aclu mm-hmm. so she co-founded the part of that that um, supported women's rights And she did that in 1971. And the Women's Rights Project, as part of the ACLU, participated in over 300 gender discrimination cases within the first three years. Wow. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Just, you know, supporting women who've been um, discriminated against because of their gender. So she started out with um, gender equality very early on, Mm -hmm. way before it was cool. Yeah. (laughs) She is the OG hipster of women's rights and feminism. (laughs) Yes. She was actually the person who argued six different gender discrimination cases before the Supreme Court, before 1976. And of those six, she won five of them. Wow. So that was within a three-year period. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually – she wanted to end discrimin- um, gender discrimination, but she kind of came up with like a really cool plan to do that. So she did that by targeting laws – uh, and she wanted to target the laws that seemed to be beneficial to women, mm-hmm. but were actually reinforcing women's dependency on men. Oh, interesting. So she started picking apart these laws that were like, oh, these are these are feminist. These are for women. And it's like, no, these are actually making it worse. Oh. So um, she also represented men in, in gender discrimination cases. Because she recognized that male gender discrimination is a thing as well. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't one-sided, um, although definitely focused more on women's rights, obviously. Mm-hmm. She she had a part in a lot of, like, landmark cases as well, which we're going to talk about. But first, <laughs> um, what is the Supreme Court? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know either. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. And I remembered from, um, like, high school, middle school, like, checks and balances. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> and the Supreme Court was, like, part of that. Uh. <laughs> so, basically, the Supreme Court is just the judicial review for not only, like, the president and everybody else. They're just, like, the top governing body in the United States. Oh. Yeah. So, so if, like, if, like, a local court can't do its job then the supreme court takes over basically yeah because like with everything uh with everything going on like with like you know the past year and stuff like i really drew a picture that for me that i don't know anything about anything when it comes to right 
Because, like, even with, like, the, you know, passing in this past stimulus check, I'm like, so where, it goes for where now? And then you have to go, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> apparently right. I did not pay attention in government class because I don't, I don't know anything about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I hope Mr. Abermite doesn't listen to my podcast because he's going to be <laughs> so disappointed. Right. <laughs> I am sorry, Derek. I, <laughs> I knew it at one point, I'm sure. Yeah. At the moment, but, you know, 10 years later, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm going to read a little blurb from good old Wikipedia about what the Supreme Court is. You know, Wikipedia has bad rap. I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Wikipedia. But I think it's very good at putting things in, you know, dumb people terms. I agree. I (laughs) I love Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Same. Okay. So here's here's what the Supreme Court is. (laughs) A little history lesson. Okay, the Supreme Court plays a very important role in our constitutional system of government. It's the highest court in the land. It is the court of last resort for those seeking justice. So like I said, if they go to their local court or their state government or whatever, and they don't get the answer they need, then it goes on to the Supreme Court. They can appeal it up until it gets to the Supreme Court. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, due to its power of judicial review, it plays an essential role in insur- ensuring that each branch of government recognizes the limits of its own power. Hmm. It also protects civil rights and liberties by striking down laws that violate the Constitution. Mm, okay. Finally, it sets appropriate limits on democratic government by ensuring that popular majorities cannot pass laws that harm and or take undue advantage of unpopular minorities. In essence, it serves to ensure that the changing views of a majority do not undermine the fundamental values common to all Americans like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and due process. Interesting. Okay. So basically, its job is to continuously interpret the Constitution Mm -hmm. to make sure nobody is being taken advantage of by the law. Mm -hmm. So. Um, the best known power of Supreme Court is judicial review or the ability for the court to declare legislative or executive act on violation of the Constitution um, if something is happening that is not found within the text of the Constitution itself. Mm-hmm. So this was established in 1803 in the case of Marbury versus Madison, which might ring a bell from government class. So basically, this is just saying that the the Supreme Court is in charge of interpreting things if it's not explicitly spelled out Mm -hmm. okay okay so now that we know what that is (laughs) um the supreme court justice which ruth bader ginsburg was one are considered the guardian and the interpreters of the constitution Mm. so that's what they do Mm. so now that we know what the supreme court is (laughs) which is so embarrassing Mm -hmm. um let's talk a little bit about what she did as part of the supreme court No, let's talk a little bit about what she did as an attorney before she was on the Supreme Court (laughs) first. (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about the year 1973. This was a big year for Supreme Court cases. This was the year that Roe versus Wade was decided. For those of you who don't know, Roe versus Wade was the Supreme Court case that upheld a women's right to um, receive an abortion. Oh, So she filed the first federal case to challenge involuntary sterilization Mm -hmm. on behalf of a mother in North Carolina who was involuntarily sterilized. So that means that she was literally sterilized without her consent. Wow. So that actually like happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she was the first person to challenge that in 1973. 
1976, as an attorney, she set an oral argument for the case of Craig versus Boren, which was a case that set different legal drinking ages for men and women. Uh, what? And she was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> um. In 1978, she was an attorney on the Duran versus Missouri case. Mm. And that was a case that challenged the validity of voluntary jury duty for women. So what that means is women didn't actually have to do jury duty. It was an option, Mm -hmm. which is like discriminatory based on gender. Everybody should be required. So that's what she was saying was that it's jury duty is important for all citizens and it shouldn't be optional just because you're a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Women and men should be equally required to be on jury duty. Mm. Um, she was on the ACLU's general counsel from 1973 to 1980, and she was on the ni- National Board of Directors from 1974 to 1980 on the American Civil Liberties Union. Mm-hmm. She was on the American Bar Association, or what is it? American Bar Foundation, which is like the lawyer people, mm-hmm. um, from 1979 to 1989. So a lot of these are going on at the same time, mm-hmm. if you'll notice the dates it's insane and then she was on the board of editors for the american bar association for their journal from 1972 to 1978 um she was on the council for the american law institute from 1978 to 1993 and she was appointed the judge of the united states court of appeals which that's the court that you appeal to if you want to work your way up to getting to the um supreme court Mm -hmm. So if you're starting out with like local, you like work your way up in your state of appeals until you get what you want. And then once you get to the Supreme Court, if you're found guilty or not guilty or whatever, then that's just kind of it. Hmm. But when you when you hear about like in like especially like true crime cases, and you're like, oh, yeah, he's going to appeal his sentencing. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. So she's the one that decides that for she was for the District Columbia Circuit and she was on that um, Court of Appeals in 1980. And then um, it was actually President Clinton who nominated her as a Supreme Court justice. Wow. In 1993, the year I was born. So she took her seat on the Supreme as an associate justice of the Supreme Court, August 10th, 1993. Wow. She was the first Jewish woman to serve on the Supreme Court, and she was only the second woman to serve on the Supreme Court. Quiz time, who was the first woman to serve on the Supreme Court? No idea. Sandra Day O'Connor. Doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. <laughs> Um, Okay, so now let's talk about the Supreme Court, um, specifically Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. Let's talk about some interesting cases that she served on. First one was United. Okay, I'm really dumb. Okay, I wrote United (laughs) States versus Virginia, and then I wrote the year, but I only wrote 19. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what year it was. It was before 1999 because the next one is 1999. So. Sometime so in, in the this- 1900s. <laughs> Sometime. Well, it had to have been after 1993. Because that was <laughs> when she was on the Supreme Court. I'm really good at note-taking. Okay. Um, so this one, she... So the Supreme Court, they all act together. It's like a, a for or against thing because there's nine of them. Mm-hmm. So it's a majority ruling. So in this case, she was um, for striking down the male-only admission policy for the Virginia Military Institute. Oh, so after this case, they could they had to accept women into the into the Military Institute of Virginia. Wow. Um, in 1999, she voted on the Olmstead versus LC case, 
Um, this upheld the Americans with Disabilities Act to also protect people with mental illness, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also allowed people with mental illness to live outside of a of a home, quote unquote, or like an, an institute mm-hmm. um, to live out in the community when they, when it's deemed appropriate by a medical professional. Um, she also voted on the Friends of the Earth Inc. versus Laidlaw Environmental Services Inc case in 2000 Uh which upheld the south carolina community's right to sue a company that was polluting their local rivers so basically it was working its way up to the supreme court and these people in south carolina were trying to sue this company for polluting the river and the supreme court upheld their right to sue them good (laughs) yeah very good (laughs) so one of the popular um quotes you hear from rbg is i dissent Mm -hmm. you've probably seen it on like merch (laughs) Because, you know, RBG is, like, really popular in pop culture and she has merch. Yeah. So, um, Sandra Day O'Connor actually retired from the Supreme Court in 2006. So, Ginsburg was the only female on the court for a while. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say that that's when she, like, really found her voice, uh, according to a New York Times article. So, she started actually reading multiple dissents from the bit the bench, which is a tactic employed to signal more intense disagreement with the majority. Mm. So she was basically just saying, I don't agree with this Mm -hmm. when she was in the minority on a Supreme Court case. Mm -hmm. So this is actually a big deal because in the Ledbetter versus Goodyear Act in 2007, Lily Ledbetter is a woman who filed a lawsuit against her employer, which I'm assuming is Goodyear, Mm -hmm. as in the tires, I think. They're Mm -hmm. tires, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, She was um, suing Goodyear for pay discrimination based on her gender. Oh, wow. However, in 2007, the court ruled that she was not within the statute of limitations on the lawsuit. Why? I don't know. I didn't know there was a statute of limitation on pay discrimination because I feel like you're still being paid. Or maybe she wasn't working for them anymore. I'm not sure. But basically, Ginsburg dissent was that Lily probably didn't even know that she wasn't being paid equally. Mm -hmm. So therefore, couldn't act in a timely manner because you don't know what other people are getting paid. That's like the whole point. Right. You know? So this actually resulted in a big deal. It's called the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. Um, This act was put in place in 2008 and actually makes it easier for employees to win pay discrimination claims. So that's pretty cool. So that was a case in which her dissent actually turned into a law that actually helps people. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about um, some of her stances on things, first being abortion rights. So we know from her her thoughts on um, Roe versus Wade and also her um, anti-involuntary sterilization stance, mm-hmm. um, she does not believe the government has any right to make reproductive choices for women. Good. And she's had that stance for a very long time. So that's cool because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. She was actually the first Supreme Court justice to officiate a same-sex wedding. What? In 2013. That's awesome. Yeah, for Michael Kaiser and John Roberts. She officiated their wedding. That's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um, She was also one of the women to – or one of the people on the Supreme Court to – she was against the um, – what's it called? Okay, let me back up. When you get your certificate, when you become on the Supreme Court, it says, in the year of our Lord, Mm -hmm. for the year that you were – um, put on the Supreme Court. She actually challenged that because she's Jewish. So she wanted you to be able to put whatever you wanted there. Yeah. So now actually they'll ask you how you prefer your your the year on your certificate to be denoted. So like if you are 
Muslim. You could put, I don't know, whatever they would put. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that was kind of a big deal because I had always just kind of been that way. And she was like, hey, this should probably be different because we're not all Christian. Right. Yeah. So she did have some – I'm not going to say she's perfect. Not everybody's perfect. So let's talk about one of her most regrettable um, decisions in the Supreme Court. Um, there's this case called Cheryl versus Oneida. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Oneida, um, Indian Nation of New York. This was a case in 2005. Ginsburg actually upheld what's called the doctrine of discovery, meaning um, she upheld the government's right to obtain the land when it was taken away from the Native Americans. Mm-hmm. And they, she was saying that the Indian nation of Oneida could not reinstate their sovereignty over the land because it hadn't been, quote unquote, theirs for over 200 years. Oh. So she's saying that since the land had been non-Indian owning for so long, mm-hmm. changing it back to an Indian sovereign state or a Native American sovereign state would be a shock to the territory and its inhabitants. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And this ruling actually ended up being used as justification in lower courts. So like not the Supreme court to remove rights from Native American land claims. Mm -hmm. So she, that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't think that was a good choice. Um, again, she's just interpreting the Constitution as a Supreme Court justice, but I think this was definitely a case that should have been thought of in a different way because it wasn't anybody's land to begin with. So right. if it belonged to anyone, if, if you're saying that the land needs to belong to something with a set government, if that's what makes it someone's, it should have been the Indian nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So – just because their government maybe didn't look like ours did back then, then that doesn't mean that they don't have rights to it. So um, in the aftermath of the Cheryl versus Oneida Indian Nations case, she definitely changed her approach to Native American law. Um, and in many cases, she argued in favor of upholding Amer- Native American jurisdiction. For example, there was a case of Plains Commerce Va- Bank versus Long Family Land and Cattle Company in which she upheld the jurisdiction rights for the Native American um, tribe in that area. Did you say Commerce Bank? Plains Commerce Bank. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if that's the same. No, I was like <laughs> – I saw that too. I don't know. So, okay. I know I'm kind of just glossing over some of these court cases, but even in the dumbed-down language of – wikipedia i cannot understand what they're talking about at all most of the time right yeah like it's really it's when you read even just the simple ones it's like the it's so confusing reading about court cases so i'm just trying to do my best to make it as simple as possible (laughs) yeah but yeah so she did change her um her approach for native american um jurisdiction law but that cheryl versus oneida case is definitely she said it was one of her biggest regrets, but um, it has definitely affected many cases moving forward in a bad way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to say not everyone's perfect. She thought she was doing what she should have done in interpreting the law, but it, it wasn't the best choice, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, um, let's talk about her personal life a little bit. Um, she likes opera. Liked opera, excuse me. Um, she did not like President Trump. <laughs> she said she said she would move to New Zealand if he became president. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Which she later obviously recanted that statement, but she was like really not excited about him being a president. Yeah. Um, 
She had cancer five times. What? Yes. Five. Wow. Yeah. So in 1999, she had colon cancer. Mm-hmm. And she went through chemo, radiation, all that. And she never missed a day of work. Wow. 2009, she had pancreatic cancer. And she had to have surgery. So she took like two weeks off and then she went back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, she discovered she had lung cancer fall 2018. I don't think she ever missed work from that. I don't remember reading it. Um, 2019, she got pancreatic cancer. Um, it was gone by January of 2020. And then it came back again in February 2020. And that was what she ultimately died from is pancreatic cancer mm-hmm. on September 18th, 2020 at the age of 87. Wow. Yeah. And I don't know if you ever um, follow any like social media posts about her, but she was also very active. I want to say it was after the colon cancer, the very first time she had cancer. Um, she was very weakened by all the treatments from that. Mm-hmm. And so she started seeing like a trainer. So she actually like went to the gym a lot and had like – she had posted – I want to say a few years ago. She had posted like her workout routine. Mm-hmm. I think I remember something. seeing that. Yeah. And I don't know. If, I mean, everybody kind of knows what she looks like. But have you ever look at her like compared to everyone else? She is teeny, 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 tiny. Yeah. She's very small. She, she is like a little tiny baby bird. <laughs> and my favorite is when there's like the photo of all the justices together mm-hmm. when she was still alive and on the court. And she's like sitting in a chair in the front row. <laughs> And she just looks like a little, like a little tiny, like yeah. a little tiny. She's so small. <laughs> but anyway, she was very active and fit. So good for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of my favorite Ruth Bader Ginsburg quotes. Um, one time she was asked, when will there be enough women in the court? And she said, when there are nine. Mm-hmm. And so that, so that means all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also said, women will only have true equality with men. When, excuse me, when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. Oh, wow. Which makes sense. Yeah. I feel like she has a very practical approach to everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when we talked about um, how she wanted to attack the laws that seem to be benefiting women but actually cause them to depend on men. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's just really going at it with a really practical approach, which yeah. I just always have appreciated about her. She also said once, it helps sometimes to be a little deaf in marriage and in every workplace, including the job I have now. <laughs> Just tune it out sometimes. I do that every day. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. Um, speaking of her marriage, um, her husband actually died in 2010 Aww. of cancer. And um, God, they just both really had a rough go with that. Yeah. Um, And she actually considered retiring from the bench at that time, but decided to stay. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank God, because we really needed her during Trump's presidency, I tell you what. (laughs) Um, She also said, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. Ooh, I like that one. I really like that one. And I think that that's so topical right now. I don't know exactly when she made this quote, but... You see so many people, no matter what it is, really, could be the keto diet. You know, they're trying to get you to believe in what they believe in, mm-hmm. but they're doing it so condescendingly. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even, even I was even watching, like, a TikTok the other day, and some ladies, or men and women, but I see a lot of videos of women, especially when they're talking about, like, food and, like, what to eat, they're sharing what they do, but they're also, like, kind of 
kind of shitting on other people. Yeah. <laughs> other people's like how they do things, like yeah. whether it's the keto diet or like veganism. I mean, really anything. And I'm just like, man, you're not really like making me want to follow your advice because you're kind of just shitting on other people. So yeah, whether it's something small like a diet or something big like, you know, political policies, mm-hmm. do it in a way that will lead others to join you. I just really like that. Yeah, I, think I like everybody, that too. I think everybody should really just keep that in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so she, when she was talking about her dissent, which is like one of our big things, like she would just dissent against things that she didn't believe in in the Supreme Court, which isn't – I can't imagine it would be an easy thing to do. No, not – no. <laughs> when you're when you're going against the majority. Yeah. Um, she said, dissents speak to a future age. It's not simply to say my colleagues are wrong and I would do it this way. The greatest dissents do become court opinions and gradually over time their views become the dominant view mm-hmm. so that the dissenters hope is that they are writing not for today but for tomorrow. That's awesome. That's a really good. Isn't that great? Yeah. And that makes me think of that Lily Ledbetter case mm-hmm. that ended up becoming the Lily Ledbetter Fair Pay Act. Yeah. You know, it might not have any effect on that case in particular. But it made a case but it makes, for other people and for the future too. Yes. Yeah. Cause that did that that act didn't come into play until a year later. Yeah. So, you know, I just think that's just a really good way of looking at things. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the last one I have is if you're going to be a lawyer and just wait, if you are going to be a lawyer oh, sorry. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. If you're going to be a lawyer and just practice your profession, you have a skill, very much like a plumber. But if you want to be a true professional, you will do something outside yourself, something that makes life a better place for people less fortunate than you. I love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah, that's that's really cool. I just think she's a really cool lady, and Mm -hmm. she has been fighting for women's rights since the get-go. Not that she was the first one, obviously. Right. But... You know, she just never stopped. Mm-hmm. Never stopped. No matter how hard it was or how little it seemed to be progressing, mm-hmm. she really never stopped. So I just always appreciate that about her and that she was still herself and still, you know, a, had a family and and practiced her faith and still had these views. She just was very progressive in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like she was a fighter from beginning to end, you know, with everything going on with her life and her health and her husband's health, you know, no matter what, like, mm-hmm. she always like fought through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really think, I mean, I really think we lost her when we needed her the most, mm-hmm. which sucks. Yeah. I, I, I cried when I thought, I feel like I was in the car I feel like I was in the car. Like Michael and I were driving somewhere when I found out. It was it was horrible. I really felt like we needed her, but I think that she her legacy has really carried on in others. Mm-hmm. And here is a here's a quote from her just about how she wants to be remembered. Oh, okay. So she wants to be remembered as someone who used whatever talent she has to do her work to the very best of her ability and to help repair tears in her society to make things a little better through the use of whatever ability she has to do something, as my colleague David Souter would say, outside of myself, because I've gotten much more satisfaction of the things I've done for which I was not paid. Wow. So, you know, that just that just shows how important philanthropy was to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just how helping people 
was very important to her. I feel like when I think of like a Supreme Court justice, I just think of somebody who's like, what's the word? They're just uh, a robot that's just like, this is the rule. You're not following the rules. This is the rule. And when I read about her, I just see a person who's just wants to make life better for everyone, especially those who are marginalized. Yeah, especially people that need it more than anybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. And somebody who's willing to learn from her mistakes, like we talked about with that Native American land rights case. Yeah. You know, she made a mistake and she admits it and she changed. She changed. Mm-hmm. She made changes and she's not stuck in her ways. And even though her ways are aligned with my thoughts and morals, that doesn't mean that it's unchanging and like what I'm trying to say is just because somebody else's thoughts align with yours doesn't mean that theirs can't be changed for the better still yeah so that just shows that she's willing to learn and adapt and change when I feel like so many people are stuck in their thought process and are unwilling to change their minds about something Mm -hmm. you know especially lately with the political climate even if Somebody is spewing just false falsehoods, flat out just wrong information about whatever it may be. They are so stuck in that thought process that they're not willing to let their mind be changed. Yeah. And I I feel like I, I don't know much about the other Supreme Court justices, but I feel like a lot of them are that way. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. And you have to realize that they're they're interpreting this constitution that's been the same for hundreds of years. Yeah, for way too and, long. <laughs> yeah, and things haven't changed. So, I mean, obviously a lot's changed, but you know what I mean. Like right. that base, <clears throat> that base thought process hasn't. So to see someone who's up here making changes, being so progressive, and also changing their mind on important things like this throughout is just really refreshing to see. Yeah, and I think that, like like what you said about most of the people that are on the Supreme Court, they're probably very, you know, this is how it is and this is how it's going to be. And that's not how mm-hmm. Ruth was and probably, yeah. you know, like, <clears throat> well, you know, in, in, in the Constitution that was written four million years ago. Yeah. And uh, I think she definitely challenged those things. And I don't know. I don't know who's on the Supreme Court now. And I don't know if, if we have somebody like that on the Supreme Court anymore. Yeah, I definitely need to do some research on the other Supreme Court members because I have no idea. I don't even know who replaced Ruth. I think some woman did. Hold on, because I remember a lot of people talking about her. I can look it up. Who replaced? Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. Oh, isn't she like the worst? Yes. She's the worst. Yeah. So awesome. Um, ew. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. Yep. So <laughs> that sucks. I bet Ruth is pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, if she had just lived like three more months, I know. Then Biden would have picked the replacement. Well, anyways, I agree with you, and I think, I mean, I, again, I don't know about the Supreme Court justices, but she just kind of seemed like that little ray of sunshine. Yeah, she does. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she's very dearly missed. You don't get many of her. No. <laughs> She's very rare. She's one in a million. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know. Maybe we need to do another episode on the rest of them. Maybe. (laughs) We 
maybe we can just to kind of see. Not that I mean, that there's no way that she was the only one that was doing groundbreaking, amazing things. I don't know. I mean, but it, in my mind, yeah, she was. I, I don't ever hear anybody <laughs> else say talking about you know leaders on the Supreme Mm-mm. Court. You know, so like, um, <clears throat> maybe we need to take a. <laughs> Maybe we need to take a college course on 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 politics and and uh, Supreme Court and stuff. Yeah, honestly, because what do yeah, I know? I'm- I can't even I can't even read these Wikipedia articles about Supreme Court cases. It's a lot. It's so yeah. hard. I don't know if I'm just dumb from not being in school for so long, but I just like I'll I re I read and reread and reread paragraphs about these cases and i just was like what is this saying what is this what are these (laughs) were like that one okay that one about what was it the the water pollution Mm -hmm. oh my god (laughs) hold on let me friends of the earth versus laid law Okay, let me just read because this was one that I had to read like 40 times to understand what it was talking Mm -hmm. about. Okay, here's what it says. (laughs) It says, um, Friends of the Earth, Inc. v. Laid Law Environmental Services, Inc. in 2000 was the United States Supreme Court case that adjusts the law regarding standing to sue and mootness. (laughs) The court held that the plaintiff residents in the area of South Carolina's North Tiger River had standing to sue an industrial polluter against whom various deterrent civil penalties were being pursued. Standing was properly based on the fact that the residents alleged that they would have used the river for recreational purchases but could not because of pollution. The defendant polluter who claimed that the case was moot because it it had ceased polluting and had closed the factory responsible for the pollution complained of, the court noted that the polluter still retained its license to operate such a factory and could reopen similar operations elsewhere, (laughs) if not determined by the fine sought. Therefore, the case was held not to be moot. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? Do we need to go to law school to understand this? I don't... (laughs) I know! I literally thought about saying this to my friend from college that went to law (laughs) school, and being like, can you you (laughs) translate... Because I kept looking up standing. Because you know how when, when you're in Wikipedia, there like every once in a while, one of the words will be a link to another yes. article. <clears throat> so I clicked on standing and it says in law, it's the ability of a party to demonstrate to the court sufficient connection to and harm from the law or action challenge <laughs> to support that the party's participation in the case standing exists from one of these causes. Da 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 da. So well, finally, I realized just because in the context, it didn't make sense to me. And finally, I realized like, oh, they have like standing. They have like. <laughs> it's so hard to explain. Like they literally have a leg to yeah. stand on. Like they were right in their lawsuit. Mootness. All it says is in law, moot and mootness have different meanings in British English and American English. Okay. And it just means that there's no effect. So like I knew what moot yeah. was. But in this case, I was like, what? So anyways, I had to read that so many times. And basically what it means is that the Supreme Court determined that the people of South Carolina could still sue this company for polluting mm. the river. That's all. It's, that's all it meant. And I'm like, can you just say that? <laughs> can you just Why say you that? So honestly, yeah, honestly, I really wanted to go more into detail about her personal mm. life, too. But 
oh my god my brain was just so dead after trying to interpret these freaking court mm-hmm. cases for a week because <laughs> i'm just dumb i think i'm literally <laughs> oh just you're dumb. not because i don't because <laughs> i researched like i think six six uh-huh. or seven <laughs> just like, none of these words are making sense anymore i don't well, know what's happening <laughs> none of us went to law school so don't worry about that no <clears throat> no oh my god okay so i did sorry. i did high school high school government that was yeah it. and that was like what in junior like sophomore and junior year like i don't even think i took one yeah that was literally like 2010 yeah, like 2011 10 years I ago i graduated oh high school 10 years oh ago mm. um so the current members of the supreme court is Ooh, yes. um john g roberts jr he is the chief uh justice of the united states why do i feel like he sounds like a dick he looks like a dick um, <laughs> he just looks like somebody I would not want to hang around. Uh, Mr. Clarence Thomas, who is the Associate Justice. Um, Stephen G. Breyer. Uh, let's see here. Samuel Altito Jr. Sonia. Not gonna, so, wow. Uh, Sonia Sotomayor. She's one lady that mm. we have. Alina Kager, mm-hmm. also a woman. Yeah. Kagan. Uh, Neil. You said Kager like a uh. <laughs> like a keg party. <laughs> Neil uh, Grosher. Um, Gorsuch. Yes. Uh, Mr. Britt. I don't know if I'm saying it right either. But <laughs> Mr. You definitely no. weren't right. <laughs> uh, Brett uh, Kavanaugh, which I thought is—is is it Brett Kavanaugh that we were that we hate, or who is who do we hate? I don't know. I thought we hated all mm, of them. Sure. Amy doesn't even have a picture nope. yet. Huh? Loser. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Brett Kavanaugh isn't he the one that got in all that trouble, or who was it? Someone with the same last name. I have no idea. Well, I don't know. This guy was appointed by uh, George Bush. I said he was appointed by uh-uh. Trump. He's been on the Supreme Court since. He was on the council to uh, George Bush, but he was nominated for Supreme Court justice that. by Trump. So I'm sure he did something <clears throat> wrong. Look at no, his face. Looks like a douche. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he can't grow a beard. A Do you know what I? He can just look at someone and it's like <laughs> mm, you definitely can't grow a beard. Mr. Perrette Kavanaugh. Oh, yeah, he's been old. I don't think John G. Roberts can grow a beard either. Maybe you can't have a beard on the Supreme Court. Well, I'm sure you can't, but I think even if they tried, yeah, they couldn't. they did, it would look even more ugly. Neil Gorsuch looks like um, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, my God, he does. Rest in peace. I'm kind of digging it. Yeah. He was nominated by Trump as well, so we don't like him either. I thought that is it not... They are all nominated by Trump. Really? Kavanaugh was. Gorsuch was. Alina was for President Obama. Oh, yeah. Kagan was Obama. Sotomayor was. Okay, shocker. The women were nominated by Obama. Yeah. Bush did Alito mm-hmm. and Clinton did Breyer. Yeah. Uh, Bush did Thomas and Bush did Roberts. We'll have to look mm. more into these women that are on there to see, you know, their background. Yeah, I'm interested in that. 
Sonia looks really nice. Yeah, she does. She looks like that fun aunt. She does. She's got nice hair. She's got nice skin. She's got nice Mm -hmm. teeth. I'm interested in her. She went to Princeton. Yale. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm interested in her. I thought the Supreme Court is like... What's there's a part of the government that once you're on it, like you're there until you die, like you can't leave. I think it's this one, yeah. I mean, you can leave, but you don't have to because, like, there's other ones where it's like you serve terms, Mm -hmm. but I think these ones are like until you want to leave or until you die, Hmm. like until you retire or until you die, yeah, or you get kicked off. You would think that the Supreme Court of the United States website could find a photo to put at the top of the page that isn't pixelated. <laughs> that looks like shit. Who made this website? I don't know. I could do a better job with Squarespace. <laughs> Come on. Do you see this? This looks yeah, horrible. Yeah, like took a picture of it like with the Nokia. Yeah, with a Nokia cell phone and put it on their like, website. That looks good. Get it together, Supreme Court. <laughs> Oh, the the photo on their homepage looks, looks better, better with the pretty trees. That looks way better. Interesting. That is interesting. I would like to look more into the women that we have on the <clears throat> on the thing now to see, you know, what what they were up to. If they've done anything uh, close to what Ruth has done. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't look like they've been on the benches. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? <laughs> on the bench, as yeah. long. So I'm sure it's not as long of a list of accolades, but I would definitely would like to let's learn a little bit about government. Yeah, that'd be good. I think as gosh, what if I get called to jury duty? I'm not going to know anything. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine? Okay, I would love to Me go to too. jury duty. Like I would I love it. it. But after reading these, yeah, I never have either. And after reading these Wikipedia articles, I'm like, will I even know what's going on? Probably. N- Cause I'm not sure. Yeah. So my mom has done jury duty a couple times. For some reason, my parents always get called to do it. I'm like, I've never been called to do Weird. it. And uh, mm-hmm. um, my mom says like they take you into a room and they pretty much ask you a couple of questions to make sure that you're not going to be like, you know, biased, biased and you know stuff like that. And I, I think she's done mm-hmm. one, and they and they pay mm-hmm. you to do it, which is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But. You pretty much sit there and you listen, and then you have to, you know. Yeah. I don't, so I don't know. I don't know if, but they're, they're going to stay all these weird words out there and be like, I don't know what they're saying. I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll probably be like a little bit more uh, lower yeah. level interpretation rather than like the interpretation of yeah. the law <laughs> interpretation, right. interpretation of the interpretation. <laughs> so, yeah, but that just makes me more. I just feel so yeah, stupid. Me too. When I read these articles and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> I need to find a website that's like for court cases that's like easy to understand. Because <clears throat> even Wikipedia is not, yeah. uh-uh, I can't do it. Like court cases for dummies. <laughs> yes. Wait, there has to be something like that. Law for dummies. I'm sure there has to be a law for dummies. Anyways, that was a fun tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed learning about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I think we will do more government-related 
episodes because mm-hmm. it's important to know and we don't know shit apparently yeah we don't know anything so in order to become more educated citizens of the united states of america we are going to be learning more about our government yeah good idea <laughs> it's never too late <laughs> it's never too late Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fluff Stuff. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FluffStuffPod. And you can also send us an email to FluffStuffPod at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. We release new episodes every Sunday at 2 p.m. And we hope you tune in on anchor.fm slash FluffStuff or find us on Spotify.